you fell all the time when you were learning to walk, but you didn't have this whole mindset of perfect yet, right? It was just like, okay, let's get back up. Let's try again. But then we've had, we get all these different belief systems, things that we collect along, along the way, you know, and even going back, like, like in school, for some people, it could have been hating to read in class because, you reading out loud, you never got it right. And you were like, you know, in that panic, like the whole time, like, oh my gosh, or it, for me, it was math problems. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like oh, the whole day, we were not even in math class and I'm panicking about having to go up there. Cause I'm like, I need to get it right. I need to get it right. And I, I, I'm like, I, I feel like that's where my need for perfectionism started because I felt so like shameful in those moments. Like I felt so like, oh my gosh, I didn't get it right. Like I have to do everything right. So I never feel that way again. Welcome to She Empowers the Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kayla Lucas. I'm a mom of two, a family-focused chiropractor, a trailblazing entrepreneur, and a holistic mindset queen. I am on a mission to empower women to lead themselves and their families to greater health and wellness in their personal lives and businesses. Each week, I'm sharing inspiring content that will give you the tools to navigate your own wellness journey, grow your businesses, expand your mind, and take care of the ones you love. This is your space to feel supported, inspired, and empowered. Let's get into it. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of She Empowers the Podcast. Thank you for being here with me today. I am bringing you another very special guest to the podcast. I have Maria Sellers with me today on the show. She's actually the first guest of 2024, and I'm so excited to have her on because she really has this unique way of sharing an unfiltered life of health and hope and healing for her audience. She's also a fellow podcaster. She has her own podcast called What the Heal. I mean, that is such a perfect title. I love it, Maria. She's also a healing arts practitioner. Uh, for the last 16 years. She's actually kind of a chameleon. She has a little bit of everything. She's a Reiki master. She's a massage therapist. She's an empowerment coach. She's a yoga instructor. And so I'm so excited to have you on the show, Maria. I know our audience is going to get to soak up your beautiful essence today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> and it's, it's so amazing, you know, hearing all those different things that, um, that I do put together in that way. And Gosh, what a gift. What a gift this ride has been. And I'm so excited to be on here and to share this with your listeners today. So thank you for having me on. Your show is amazing, girl. Oh, of course. I'm I'm honestly so excited to have you. And honestly, when I kind of like connected with you originally and I was going over like, oh, what do I want to ask her? What do I want to kind of pinpoint a little bit more. You have such a wide range of modalities, wellness, experience, knowledge. And I think we kind of chatted a little bit earlier, like today the theme is really about embracing change and we are going into this brand new year. And so it's the perfect time to have some conversations with our listeners and each other about how we're gonna really make 2024 our best and biggest year. So I'm so excited to have you on. I know that for our listeners who maybe don't know you, who've never heard of you, please just share with them who you are, you know, how you got to where you have so many different titles and commitments that you have in your life. And just a little bit about Maria. We'd love to hear it. 
Yeah, thank you. So my journey has... Wow. It's just been incredible to see how one thing leads to the other and and the next and the doors that open from each kind of facet of my healing journey. And that's really what I feel like healing journeys are, like this multifaceted approach, because there is no one size fits all, end all, be all approach to healing. And you know, I grew up in the Metro Detroit area and there was really no importance placed on on health at all, let alone mental health. I mean, there just really wasn't. It was a really tough time during those times. You know, um, it was the early 2000s. We were in like the height, well, for Michigan, the beginning of the recession. And parents, you know, people were losing their homes. It was It was a really heavy time. And I was a teenager then. And I wasn't really sure, like, all of this heaviness that I was feeling. And some of it was my own from my childhood, you know, trauma that I experienced. And some of it was what I was feeling for others, because I'm really sensitive to energy. And it's even when I go back to my like second grade, there's this trick that I don't know where I learned it, but I used to have people like rub their hands together and then pull them apart. And you would feel like this kind of pulling there, this magnet pull. And so I would like tap my fingers on and do this funny thing, but it was my trick. I loved to show that to people. And I started, you know, my uncle taught me what trigger points were when I was 11. So, you know, I would always be massaging him at holiday parties and things like that. I, I've massaged my entire lifetime. Um, And, you know, as I look back at some of these things that I did as a child, I'm like, wow, this really has been my path through my entire lifetime. And so, you know, being during those times where things were really, really heavy and I was feeling that stuff. Like, I was like, I need to get out of Michigan. So I always say that's the first thing that I manifested and, you know, moving to the beach, the sunshine, the palm trees. And I was dealing with my own things along, you know, that that during that time, like I had gotten substance abuse issues when I was in high school. And, you know, really, it was a way to disconnect from everything that I was feeling. I didn't know how to feel it. So I didn't want to feel it. And that was something where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to move away, right? And everything will change. That's unfortunately not the way it works. Um, (laughs) You can, you are the same person everywhere you go. That's just, Mm -hmm. uh, that's the way that it is. So I really had to meet myself in these ways. And I moved to Florida for personal training school. I found this program that was like, it was, it was awesome. It was a four month residential program. I'm like, perfect. This is, this is the way out. And they offered massage there. And so I always had said actually that I wanted to be a massage therapist. So it's so funny, but then in high school, I was like, ew, I would never touch people like no way. So I grew away from that. But then this school that I found by chance had massage there. And I was like, Okay, that's kind of cool and put it in the back of my mind. Um, But ultimately, you know, I wound up getting a job at the gas station next to my apartment because when I moved to Florida, like I didn't even have a car. I literally had, you know, nothing. So, you know, I 
being a personal trainer during that time was not a good thing. And I was like, no, I'll just work at this gas station and everything was great. And honestly, I liked working at the gas station. It was fast paced, like high intensity. I, you know, was even, I was only 18 when I was working there and they were like, you have what it takes to be manager. And, you know, it was a, a corporate position. So I'm like, oh, this could happen. And then the universe was like, no, girl, we have bigger plans for you. And I was actually robbed at gunpoint while mm-hmm. I was the cashier one day. Ugh. And yeah, that was the day I signed up for massage school. Yeah, it's that was, you know, one of those times where I learned to listen to the whispers of the universe, because otherwise, you know, it, it shows up in these big ways when and so I was like, all right, this is what this is what I need to do. And when I started massage school, I thought all of I thought the body work stuff was cool, but I thought everything else was woo woo. I was like that energy work, all of that stuff. We kind of touched on it in massage school. And I was like, um, and it's so funny because, you know, that's everything that I really lean into now when I I went to my Reiki training, the first one that I did, that was back in 2010. And I went with a friend who's like, hey, let's go do this. And I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, we'll go do it. And I left there thinking I wasted all of my money. I was like, that was the biggest crock of crap I ever encountered. Like I wasted Mm -hmm. money on the training. I wasted money, you know, on the hotel I needed to get there. And and now it's like my practice, you know, I, I, now I teach people that. So I always like people to know that I, I didn't drink any Kool-Aid. Um, this is everything that I share, everything that I believe in. It's from experience. It's from the stuff that I saw. And so right after I did my Reiki training, one of my best friends, her mother passed away. And so I went out there, she lived in Arizona. And, you know, I went out there to be with her. And I always joke, she was my first massage client, I would massage her when we were in elementary school, because she was a gymnast. And I asked her like, Hey, can I give you a massage? She was like, yeah. And I mean, she had been her nervous system was in complete dysregulation, as I'm sure you can imagine, you know, being um, in your early 20s and going through that with your mother. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I was working on her and she was relaxed and I was like, okay, to myself. I'm like, now is the time to try, uh, try that Reiki stuff. And so I started working on her and I did about 20 minutes on her just you know, whatever it was that I had learned. And it's so funny because you're like, am I doing anything? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But she got up after about 20 minutes and she was like, what did you just do to me? And I was like, I gave you a massage. And she said, no, what was that electricity shit you just did? And I was <gasps> like, wait, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, no way. Like you felt that? And she's like, what was it? And I'm like, she's mind blown and I'm mind blown. So, you know, she's my first massage client and my first Reiki client actually. And it's continued to be those moments throughout this entire journey. And, you know, again, energy work isn't the, the end all be all. When I started practicing yoga, like that unlocked these other things. So, that's why I really wanted to dive in and have this whole approach because if we just work on one piece or the other, we don't get that, that whole pie. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think like you kind of hit home a little bit earlier with you were saying like healing is not a one size fits all. And I often tell people like healing is not linear. And even in our own lives, we can kind of get off the path. You said it was disconnection. And really the path of healing is getting back to the reconnection with ourselves and figuring out what ways we actually heal best and what foods we feel best eating and what friendships and relationships we feel best around and what healing modalities we can actually implement into our own lives. So you've had quite a i would say like not a common journey right just to kind of get to massage reiki getting into the healing arts have you really noticed that with your past history and your experience maria like have you had to realize certain things different changes you've had to make in order to have a sustainable wellness lifestyle and a life that is always on the trajectory of healing because i i know that many of us struggle with like the beliefs and the thoughts and the mindset needed around that shift in order for it to happen. And I think the surrender aspect of it, because I mean, being held at gunpoint and sort of realizing, okay, I need to make a change. That's a pretty dramatic shift. And not everybody has that, you know, that scary component in their past history. But I think that for the most part, many people struggle with actually repairing their belief systems and their mindset around why they would want to even create a life that's full of love and joy and healing. Yeah. And, and for many people, it's not even a why they don't even think that they're worthy of it. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. there's so much that we hold where it's like, I don't deserve that type of life. I'm not worthy of that. And it's, it's looking at those thoughts that we're holding, but you know what? They say on, we have what, 65,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. And how many are you actually aware of? What are mm-hmm. you stepping into with that? And it's, it's looking at those on a, on a daily, regular basis and always staying. And it's not an always, right? Because we, we, sometimes we do fall off and we're like, oh my goodness, hang on. But it's always bringing yourself back. It's not an always staying because that's unattainable. Um, but it's always bringing yourself back and continuing to check in. And it's like, you think about it from the state of like, if somebody goes on a diet and they go on a diet and, you know, they're doing really good. And then they have a day where they just eat like, garbage and they eat it all and then they start getting beating themselves up in their heads right and what happens they get so hard on themselves that the next day they have another garbage day and then another garbage day and another garbage day and then suddenly six eight months later 12 months later they go oh my gosh here I, I did it to myself again and then they're mean they've literally just been beating themselves up that whole time instead of just going wait a minute, I don't, let me bring myself back. So what if I fell off? It, I don't have to beat myself up over that. I don't have to stay in that. Let me bring myself back. But we're those feelings of guilt and shame um, that we're holding for ourselves, judging ourselves, criticizing ourselves and being so mean. I mean, really, that's what a lot of people are in their, in their minds is they're just being really, really mean to themselves instead of going, I had a garbage day, but 
today I'm making the choice not to. Who cares? I don't need to call myself fat, lazy, disgusting, um, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And we that's just like one way that, you know, people wind up doing that. But there's a lot of those different ways that we're in our minds speaking to ourselves like that, that are, you know, making it really hard to make those lasting changes because we get stuck in those feelings that these thought patterns are creating. I really love what you said about the always. And I think this is so critical for people who are listening is that she's so right. Always is not attainable, but always coming back to yourself is actually embracing the humanness of what it means to be on this journey of wellness and well-being and health and having a positive mindset. And I think we have kind of grown up, like you said, you were, you were raised in the Detroit metro area. I was raised in a small town, Saskatchewan. And like, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of emphasis on healing and dealing with childhood trauma and dealing with other components of our health and our wellness that maybe we start to see differently as adults. And so as we're going into this new year, please remember that like always is not attainable. And I think that we just need to recognize some of these things that we can do, some of these initial steps to take. So Maria, I'm going to ask you, you know, what is the first step to realizing unhealthy, like unhealthy attachment and patterns that have potentially been holding us back? What was it for you? And how do you help your clients sort of have discernment in their own lives with that? Oh, yeah. See, the attachments are are the big things because we're like, we get so attached to these beliefs about ourselves or who we are. I mean, you'll even hear it. You people are like, oh, that's just, that's just how I am. That's just who I am. And those are those moments. I hate that. Yes, exactly. Like those are the really big moments where those things that we've claimed, that's just who I am. That's a great place to start making that list Mm -hmm. of like, you know, those things about yourself that you're just like, I'm just bossy or nosy or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And, and really diving in to, am I that? And looking at, those how those things have played out in your life because you as you go back in time you'll probably see oh wait these same problems are coming up in my life even if it's with different people and that's why like even me moving out of Michigan that didn't change anything because it was me who needed to change it wasn't where I was and so you know looking at those things how did oh, wait, this has played out in my life before. This has played out in my life before. And I always like to say it's same game, different players. So each of those situations, we have to go back and go, what was my role in this? And what was this part of me that was playing that role? And that takes a lot. You know, we have to be really, really vulnerable with ourselves during that time. We have to claim ownership instead of placing blame and until we can learn to claim ownership for those parts on ourselves, and just want to keep placing the blame on everybody else we continue to stay stuck in those cycles and continue to just be living out that same pattern 
over and over again and it, with our actions, with our thoughts. Uh, there was a client who I was working with recently and he, you know, had got a new boss who came on board and he's like, oh, I see what's happening with her. This has happened with these other bosses in my life before. And I said, is that what's happening? Or is that the story that you're telling yourself and stressing yourself with? And so, you know, and I saw him the next week, he was like, when I took a step back and really looked at that, I realized you were right. I'm totally projecting these past situations onto the now, but you don't even realize it many times that that's what's happening. And that's why we wind up in the same fights or, you know, same predicament, same patterns, um, fights with ourselves, fight with fights with others, because we're not taking that accountability and just immediately bumping back to past stories and living in that. So, you know, approaching situations with vulnerability and bringing yourself back and looking at the bigger picture instead of just kind of being stuck in that Rolodex of your mind. Like, I know how this is going because I've been there before and literally living your life just up here and not really connecting with those around you. I think too, I've always thought of it as like, what is the universe trying to teach me when I keep having the same situations come up, the same types of conversations, the same circumstances, even though in the moments you sometimes feel like it isn't you, it is an external stimulus or an external situation. I always come back to what is the universe trying to teach me? Why am I getting placed? Why is this getting placed in front of me all of the time? And that, that work really is the hardest work. Yeah. And and that's it right there. Like, what is this? Um, And, you know, what is this trying to teach me about, about myself and how can I shift this for next time? And the thing is when we bring our awareness to that, it doesn't mean things change overnight, right? We continue to get presented with this, with these things throughout our lifetime. Uh, And it's, you know, once you really get into like the different chakra systems and things like that, each of the different chakras has developmental ages and stages. And so I had this incident come up actually earlier this year where somebody stepped on my toes and it was similar to something that happened seven years ago, which I was in the same phase of my throat chakra at that time. And when it happened seven years ago, I was in a network marketing company and it was just like a silly thing where I should have spoke up. But instead of speaking up, I was like, you know what? F this team, I'm out of here. And I went and joined a new team and I was like, screw that. And I didn't use my voice in that instance. And so when this situation came up, it was so similar. And, you know, seven years ago, I would have said, F this, I'm out. But I didn't. I used my voice. I stepped into that. I was like, oh, here I am. This pattern's coming up. Now is my chance to you know, to really feel into this and to, to um, not necessarily heal, but better address that wound because, you know, we don't like, we're never fully healed. We get into states of stress and overwhelmed and suddenly it's like, oh shoot, here, I reacted in this way, Um, but we're on our healing journeys. And so, you know, at this opportunity, it really allowed me to, to exercise that and go like, oh, I did it. I used my voice in this time. I didn't just 
run and say, F you, like I approached that situation, even though it was really, really hard. And like, that is a healing win right there. Yeah. I was going to say like, actually recognizing the wounds that you hold or that you've been holding, let's say for months or decades or your entire life is a step towards healing. Just that acknowledgement I think is super important and also super transformational if you're wanting to change some things in your life. And I, I think that, you know, having the new year come, I mean, people are always so fixated on new year's resolutions and mm-hmm. new year, new me, but I, I think that change and embracing change is really how you start to create some more of those sustainable life habits and wellness routines. I can hear my audience asking, and maybe this is just a personal thing, but I would love for you to go through the chakras even quickly and kind of just let people know those energy centers of the body, Maria. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They are so important. And that's, you know, one of the things I I learned in yoga. And I just shared this on a podcast I was on the other day, but it was when I was in massage school, um, one of we had a substitute teacher one day and she came in to teach yoga and I was like, no way I'm not practicing. Like I want to get my massage in. I want to do this practice. And it's so funny because years later, that woman wound up becoming my friend in um, yoga. And I was like, Oh oh my gosh, you were the teacher who came in that day. And I like rolled my eyes and did my massage practice instead of came over there and practice. Cause that's how like that's how much I was not into all of this stuff. And I like to share that with people because it really has been each piece has just added its own transformative effect um, into my life. And so yoga, I really started for the physical, but you know, my, my teacher, uh, my Linda, she was amazing and she dove so deep into, into the energy. Um, and I was, And I had already taken my Reiki training at that time, but what I learned from her in regards to the energy system, like made my Reiki training really make sense in so many ways and diving into the different chakras helped me on my healing journey so much because it's like those moments, like I just shared where I'm like, Oh, this is a win in my, in my throat chakra. It, it was this understanding helped to give me a lot of grace and compassion and understanding of myself. So we have seven main chakras and they are actually, oh my goodness, how funny I'm wearing my, my chakra shirt. Uh, (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. As I sit there, I'm like, oh, how funny. Um, So we have seven main chakras that run up the spine, starting from like the base of the spine, kind of the tailbone area up to the top of your head. And it starts with a root and they go in the rainbow, you know, Roy Jabiv, which we've all been taught in school, that uh, electromagnetic color spectrum. That's what a rainbow is. And, And that's, that's what we are. We are all light beings. So, which Again, it's nothing that they haven't taught us in school. They've taught us we have this electromagnetic field around us. That electromagnetic field is the colors of the different rainbows. So that is our energetic centers. And it's in the Roijabiv. So it starts with our root, which the color of that is red. You're just thinking of the way the colors of the rainbows go, um, rainbow goes. And that's how the colors of the chakra system goes. So red is our first, it's, it's our foundation. It's our stability. 
family belief systems, because there's a lot of things that we believe that we don't even know why we believe them. They've just been passed down as belief systems, right? And there's there's the, the way we are kind of things. So, you know, that lives in the root. It is the root is the densest layer to get through because it starts developing before we even have awareness as well. And that's why those things can be passed down. There's studies that show even, you know, how things are passed down genetically through us, like all of the eggs that a woman will have in her lifetime. She has by the time she's three to four months in utero, meaning that when your Mm -hmm. mom was an egg and your grandma you were there. Like, so there are things that your grandma went through Mm -hmm. and your mom went through patterns that we're holding from that. And that stuff all lives deep in the root. Um, And those are things that can be really hard to, to work through mainly because we don't have some awareness of some of those things, right? We don't, we have to go back and look at like, what was the state of my mother? What was the state of my grandmother? Anxiety that we hold can be passed from that. Um, The study with the rats that, that showed that, you know, they had rats that they put little shot collars on. I didn't do the study, so don't hate the messenger, but the message was really powerful from it. They would, they put the shock collars on these rats and then put a puff of like, I I can't remember, lavender or cherry blossom, whatever it was, into the air. And when they put that into the air, they would shock the rats. And so then they would just put the puff of the smell into the air and the rat's anxiety would spike. Mm -hmm. They didn't even get shocked at that time. So then those rats had babies and they never put the shock collars on those babies, but they put the puff of whatever the smell was into the air and their anxiety would spike. Well, then those rats had babies. And so the grandbabies of the original rats who their parents never even wore the collars, when they smelled that smell, their anxiety spiked the highest of all of the rats, right? That is that root stuff. So some of the things that we work on, that's why energy work is so important because there's things that we're clearing that are ours and there's things that we're clearing that may have just been passed down to us. Then it moves up. We have our sacral. So that's going to be like the belly button area. Um, the color of that is orange. This is where our, our, our pleasure center, sensuality, it's also the seat of our feelings. So, you know, everything that we kind of swallow down and don't say, where does it go? Right. And it goes down into this space. So that's why um, you'll see a lot of stomach aches. I used to get a lot of those. I, you know, until I address the energetic side, I was suffering with stomach aches. Even when I made changes to my diet and I went plant-based and I did all of those things, it was clearing the, the, all of those feelings that I left unprocessed out of there that's what allowed me to work through those stomach aches and not have to go to bed with a heating pad on or to wake up with a heating pad on. And I had stomach aches as far back as I can remember being in elementary school, going to the office like every day with with stomach aches. Well, hello, I was like stomaching so much then. And I until I allowed that stuff to move out of there, you know, I was I was suffering. And so, you know, working through our sacral, that's, that's our center of, of birthing, right? And birthing isn't just limited to birthing babies. Like it's our, our creation that lives here in the sacral. 
Then as we move up, we have our solar plexus. And this is like our site, our, our source of who we are. This is where our light shines from. It, the name for solar plexus is Manipura. And this means lustrous gem. And that is that is our light. That's who we are. And, you know, I really coming into this and it's like, who do I believe I am? Not who family has told me that I am, which lives in the root, not who, you know, my relationships and friendships and things have told me who I am, which that's what lives in the sacral. It's like, who am I? And then um, the color of that is yellow. As we move up from there, we get into our heart. And the heart, the color of that is green. The the heart is the, uh, it's the heart of the rainbow, right? It's the middle there Mm -hmm. tucked in beautifully. And the heart is our source of love, right? Love for ourselves and love for others. Um, The Sanskrit name is Anahata, and that means unstruck or unhurt. And so when we're holding on to so so much hurt, stories that have been told, those belief systems that have been passed down that we're not allowing ourselves to observe and go like, hey, wait, this doesn't align with who who I am. This doesn't, this isn't what I believe in. So, you know, all of that stuff that we haven't let go of, we hold on to here in the heart. And until we can allow ourselves to move through that hurt and to, you know, let go of those, those untruths to, to process the grief, right? The grief for, for parts of ourselves, the grief for people in our lives, the grief for situations, instead of like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's all good. Like, no, you know, um, and, and perfectionism actually lives here in the heart as well, too, because of all of these, these layers that we're trying to line ourselves up to and be for other people. So the heart is really shedding, shedding that. And you see the heart, you know, people, when we're holding so much, like we naturally go into that position where we close mm-hmm. our hearts off. And as I started to work with energy, I could really see that in others. You know, I'm like, oh, their heart, we've got to pull, we got to open that up. Because when you're like this, what's also happening? Your light is shut down, right? You know, you go into that position, you slump down, you're collapsing into that diaphragm space and your light isn't there. You can't take deep breaths during that time. You know, deep breaths are so incredibly healing. Um, and our, our deep breaths, they, they live here in this heart space, right? That's going to be our lungs, and everything there. So, you know, breathing deeply into those parts of your to move everything because you don't need to hold all that right all of that pain all of those untruths like we don't have to hold those things and life is so getting heavy when we do so like breathe into those parts of yourself um and as you can learn to move through it's like you see like this light just coming back online your shoulders opening and expanding and it's and and then you become that lighthouse because your light is really shining during that time and people can see that and they go oh my gosh like how i need that i need that and you you light them up to ignite their healing journey as well too and that's that's really what we all get to do for each other you know i i I, that term healer it 
it makes me cringe in some ways because I think people are using it wrong because Mm -hmm. we are all healers. We are all healers. We are our own healer because no one else can do it for you. You can come to me for all the energy healing in the world, but there's a responsibility that you have to take for yourself and for your own journey that I can't do. Like you have to do those parts. And so unless you do, it's like, We're going to continue on those cyclical patterns and things like that. But we are all healers. We all have that innate ability and healing really happens like in the heart, you know, in so many ways, because that's where we shed a lot of those layers. And our heart is the bridge for our lower chakras and our upper chakras to connect. So as we move through that, it's like the system, it's this beautiful double helix of energy that's just traveling up through the different centers and allowing your your source energy and your earth energy to be connected in this incredible way. And then we move up into our throat. So this is, you know, our voice. This is the one where I had the opportunity to really uh, lean into this year. And it's, and it's like accumulation of the last few years of work that I've been doing because, you know, in order to even start my podcast, I like I I didn't want to let my voice be heard. I, I I love to write and I'll let you hear me in that way, but like I you wouldn't hear me in this way. Um so you know I Same. had to like train myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is hard. Um is so I started hard. taking improv classes. Yeah, oh, that's cool. the thing. It's none of these things. Yeah, improv. Oh my gosh, if you find classes near you. They are the best. That's a super um, good idea. Yeah. And it helps get you out of your head and move in these different Mm -hmm. ways. So improv helps me to use my voice and start exercising that. And that was so important. And then it was like, okay, then then I took on president role in my networking group. Because I'm like, all right, let me get comfortable with being seen and heard in front of people who I know. So then that step, you know, led to that. And then it was like, okay, now I'm ready. But it goes back to changes. When you try to just change things like that and go, this is it. A lot of times we crash and burn because it's not Mm -hmm. a big change that really gives us that, that transformational difference. It's all of these little changes adding up and allowing ourselves to, uh, to grow from there. And so using your voice, expressing yourself, you know, our, our, that lives here in the throat. The color of that is blue. And then we have our, our third eye and our third eye is, you know, it's our ability to, to see the bigger picture, right? And so when we are so clouded down with our thoughts, what we have to remember is that thoughts are energy too. I mean, truly measurable energy. There's things that they can put on your head and measure the energy of your thoughts. So um, when we have so much of that thought energy running through, clouding up, muddling up, you know, this space, like we can't imagine more for ourselves. We can't even picture this life that we're so worthy of because we've got all of that cloudy thought energy running there telling us, no, 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 we're, we're less than, or even stay here. It's safe here. We know it here. Why would we want to change? Like it's scary out there. This is good. We're okay. Um, so we convince ourselves of that too, right? Nothing good ever happens in your comfort zone. We have to remind ourselves, you know, to step out 
But when we're so heavy up here, we can't ever see that. And so, you know, working through that helps to to expand that part of ourselves to, you know, our reality is really just our perception. And when we're so clouded up here, we can't even perceive things in in new ways and open ourselves up to that. Because again, it goes back to like what I said earlier, we already know. I've already been here. I know how this goes. Instead of allowing each experience to be its own thing. And then you get up to your crown. So our um, crown and indigo, I'm sorry, is the color of the third eye. And then our crown is violet uh, or white. You can kind of see it in both ways. And that's kind of our connection to this incredible source energy that, you know, connects connects us all. It's our our place of oneness. And Oneness is so important because it allows us to let people be having their journey instead of making it about us, which is what so often happens when somebody reacts to you in some type of way, immediately we take it personal and we make it a, they did that to me instead of like, what are they going through right now? What is what is happening with them? I was at the grocery store and I remember, you know, this person was being so rude to the cashier in front of me, just like so rude to this person. And, you know, I, and, and like the cashier, when I got to them, you know, they were going through this really, really heavy, hard time. And like that, like they were, you know, crying when I'm like, Hey, like you're, you're awesome. Cause this person just like beat them down and they had, you know, this, they were dealing with the death in their family and they, but like, here they were having to be at work in this moment. And so like, we can see them being able to see people with compassion. And maybe this person was moving a little bit slower and all of that, but that person was in a hurry. They had to go and they were just like knocking this person down. And I'm like, wow, but you know, that person was going through something also. The person who was acting and being mean in that way, who who knows what that could have been for each of them, right? And so to be able to see each of them on these individual things that they're going through and instead of going, oh, that's about me and taking that on, we just can send, send love and light because we know what it's like to be both of those people, right? Mm-hmm. We do. And that's why that new me stuff. Like there is no new me, old me. We are just me. And we all have times where we're again, stressed out, overwhelmed, things are going on in our lives and we show up in ways and we're like, wait a minute, that's, that's not me. Instead of going like, I have compassion for myself, even in those moments. And, you know, our crown helps us to have that compassion for others in those moments too. Thank you so much for going over that. It, that's such a good way to kind of tie it together from what the chakra is to the color, but then also how it actually just impacts our day-to-day life. You said so many things that I kind of want to unpack a little bit deeper. I know that 
one thing that I really educate my patients on so much, you talked about really the energy affecting the viscera, right? The body, how the body holds the pressure and the stress and the worry and the angst and the dis-ease and the dysregulation and all of those things. I want to go back to the heart chakra because you answered a question that I was going to ask already is where does perfectionism live? And you said it lives in the heart chakra. And I think that perfectionism is this concept that many of us are opting into whether we believe we are or not and i know i've seen multiple times on your platform maria about how you're sharing about your own perfectionism story what perfectionism looks like where does it start Um, i know that you touched on the root chakra as well and how some of those childhood wounds and some of those aspects are with us even when we can't explain why and so i know for our audience perfectionism is something that does plague them as well right we're all human but i want to unpack it a little bit today i want to unpack the concept of perfectionism and and how do we start recognizing the signs of it to really have it not become a long-term pattern in our life especially as we're trying to make change for our lives yeah yeah i mean that's the thing like we we have this concept like it's got to be perfect or or I can't right like we it's I've got to know how it's all going to go you can't know until you get started but perfectionism keeps us from that because it's like oh wait nope it's not right yet it's not right yet I'm not right yet I'm not this yet and so we don't allow ourselves to share there was a friend of mine who she was like launching a essential oil made product line Honestly, she never launched it because her labels were never right. The packaging was never right. This, and I'm like, it just let it be, let it be. And then you can figure out what's right from there. It doesn't have to be right to get started. You know, you didn't know how to, to, to walk when you first got started. You didn't get it perfect. You fell a thousand freaking times, um, which is why body work, you know, it's part of the reason it's so important, right? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to body workers and chiropractors. <laughs> exactly. Like that stuff is important because our body, um, it, you know, we're, we're holding on to, to those things. So you fell all the time when you were learning to walk but you didn't have this whole mindset of perfect yet, right? It was just like, okay, let's get back up. Let's try again. But then we've had, we get all these different belief systems, things that we collect along, along the way, you know, and even going back, like, like in school, for some people, it could have been hating to read in class because you reading out loud, you never got it right. And you were like, you know, in that panic, like the whole time, like, oh my gosh, or for me, it was math problems. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the whole day, we were not even in math class and I'm panicking about having to go up there. Cause I'm like, I need to get it right. I need to get it right. And I, I, I'm like, I feel like that's where my need for perfectionism started because I felt so like shameful in those moments. Like I felt so like, oh my gosh, I didn't get it right. Like I have to do everything right. So I never feel that way again. And that was really, oh, what a, it was horrible because then I wouldn't try new things. I wouldn't try new things because I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't want to look stupid or feel stupid and hold on to that. So I would just do like, 
like the things I was really good at. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is great. It's not fun. Like there's no variety is the freaking spice of life. But when we hold on to that perfectionism so much, we don't ever allow ourselves to, to start something new. We don't ever allow ourselves to go back to that energy of being a kid and just like, who freaking cares? You know, um, painting was a big thing to help me with that. And, and it still shows up in my life. And I, I, I drip paint, like I, I suck at art as a kid, right? That's what I would say. I can't draw, I can't draw a stick figure, you know? And so like, I'm just like, ew, art's not for me. I'm not a creative person. But again, like our, our sacral chakra needs creation. It helps us to move so much through. Um, so when I learned to drip paint, it really was like, I was like, oh, there's no attachment. There's no outcome to this. I'm just moving it through and the painting is what it is. And so I find that's really great when we hold on to that perfectionism. Like, and when I see it coming up in my life where I'm like so stuck on getting it right, I'm like, let me go paint. <laughs> let me go yeah. paint, do some breathing and detach from that because there is no, you can't get anything perfect, right? There is no such thing as that. And the more we can be in the flow of that, which is also lives in the sacral, that's the element of that chakra is water. Just allowing yourself to be in the flow of whatever it is that comes up and, you know, not attaching so much to it's got to look like this because this is what I say. And like, that's what right looks like. You don't even know what right looks like. Let yourself be open to and see what unfolds. Go with the flow. And usually stuff turns out way better than we ever could have thought of because you can't think of that end until you're in it. But if you allow yourself to be open to and flow with it and say like, you know, fuck perfection, I don't need that. That's where so much magic in our world really happens. I believe that to be true because I feel like the greatest lessons come out of things not being perfect and things not going according to the exact plan that you have in your mind. And I do think that there is so many people who hold themselves back from their own greatness and from their own potential because maybe it isn't perfect and maybe it isn't exactly what you thought it was going to be. And I've been guilty of that, but I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point and maybe this is something that you reach in your late twenties, thirties, forties, where you're just like, I just don't give a shit anymore. Like I just, you know what I mean? Like you're like, I just want to actually like live life to the fullest potential that I can and do what I came here to do and, and fulfill my potential and my dreams and my desires and whatever it's supposed to be, it will be. And I think just holding space for the faith behind this, right? There are energies and powers that are working beyond what we can see, beyond what we can for sure know, but we can feel. And so I, I love that. I love unpacking this concept because I think that perfectionism is literally a disease. It's like comparisonitis. We, we're on yes. social media. We're seeing all these highly curated, perfectly scrolled things. And we just think of it in our mind as like it has to be this way when in fact it just has to be you. Right. Exactly. Just let it be that and don't get so attached and fixated. Because mm-hmm. when we live in that space, you you suck the joy out of everything and like a life without joy which you, you know it's like joy lives in the heart too um a life yeah. without joy is just it's it's just this you're going through these motions you know and you're not fully experiencing the range of this beautiful 
human experience and the and everything all all facets again all parts of it um the good the bad and the ugly because it brings it all together so that we can feel that joy and that light but when we are just like nope here here's my box this is it it's safe here it's comfy here um this is the only place i'm gonna be life gets kind of boring (laughs) Well, and you said it before, nothing great happens inside of our comfort zones. And so I think that as we're into this new year, it's a really great reminder that your brain wants to conserve energy and reduce pain and seek pleasure. And so your comfort zones are always going to be pushed, especially within your mind. And perfectionism just does not have to be a part of the equation to still have success and joy and abundance and all of these beautiful things that we want to call in. You had said something earlier, and I really want to go back to this. I've been, I don't know why, but like this week, I've listened to a few podcasts from other people and they keep talking about this concept of a lighthouse. And so I feel like it's something, you know, before we kind of end today, I know that one part of you that's just so palpable on your page is your light and how you bring forth your conversations, how you encourage people to give themselves grace and compassion and really just like put themselves at the forefront of their priorities. But as we're going into this year, you know, how can we learn to live lighter, like be that lighthouse for ourselves and for others and embrace the possibility of a beautiful future. Mm. And being the lighthouse is so, so important, especially as we're looking at making these changes, because, you know, it's so funny whenever people first start working with me, they go, oh, this person needs that. This person needs that. Oh, my husband, my husband. And I'm like, what about you? Like, let's just focus on you. And And that's really what being the lighthouse allows us to do because otherwise, you know, people get started and they're like, they need this, they need this. And they're just running around shining their flashlight in people's eyes is what I consider it. Like they're like, you know, and when someone shines a flashlight in your eye, you're like, oh, you know, you need this. This is what you need to be doing. Like, and they're pointing all those fingers at you and it just was like, get out of here with that. Okay. Like they don't even want to hear you talk about energy and crystals because like, you're just in their, in their eyes shining and that doesn't feel right. And then on, on our journey that can you, yeah, like you feel it allows you to get really discouraged because they're not listening, right? They're not, they're not receiving this. And then like, you kind of shut yourself down and sometimes it can stop your journey um, just because you're like, other people aren't listening and whatever. So I'm just going to go back to the same thing. And I'm like, I mean, that's really, that's why our practices are so important because it's not about other people. It's about ourselves. And so the more that we can really tap into those things, you can't change anybody else, right? You can't heal anybody else. We can't do these things for people. Um, They're all on their own journeys. And so when we are like, let me just do all the things that make me feel good. Let me focus on myself, on my practices. Then it's, you know, no matter what, we still stay intact, whether somebody believes or not. I've been doing this work for, you know, almost 17 years. And, and my dad's just now starting to like, ask me questions on things, you know, he used to like be rolling his eyes. And I used to get so mad. I would get so freaking mad. And we'd get in these like heated discussions with my dad because he wasn't listening to me. Mm -hmm. Who fucking cares? Nobody needs to, right? And so the more that we can lean into that with ourselves, then the the lighter it allows us 
to to shine the brighter and the lighter it allows us to live because it's like these are my practices this is myself sure i can share with you and do all of those things but whether you believe and receive or not doesn't do anything to to diminish what I have done. So when you're in the flashlight space, like your, your batteries can really get burnt out because you're trying so hard to shine it everywhere else. But when you're in that lighthouse space, like you're being that, and then people see that and they go, huh, what's that all about? Hey, Mm -hmm. what is it that you're doing? Because they see that light that's there and we don't have to be in their face and shining it and telling them everything, you know, we know to make them like when people, the the point of a lighthouse is they see that light out there, out there and the ships know that they can come into shore. And so we get to be that. And then people are like, Hey, what is it? And I'll tell you, it's so much less exhausting to be in that space where I don't have to prove, I don't have to make you listen. I don't have to do any of that. I just have to do my practices and allow my, my light to shine and man, what a gift it is to be that. Totally. It's like stay in your lane, girl. Yes. And I think that, that concept of being a lighthouse for yourself, for your family, for your girlfriends, for your coworkers, for the people around you, it does implore some level of radical responsibility in your own life, mm-hmm. but it also gives you a really great purpose to live into because if you are the beacon if you are the one who is steady who is consistent who is constantly there taking care of herself taking ownership of her life really just like living out her purpose people are like drawn to that magnetically energetically and it also gives them permission to do the same yes yeah that's it like base yeah, take up space, let yourself, you know, fill your cup, overfill your cup. Like that's the big thing. Overfill your cup. If you're not taking time to create an overfill, then what you pour into others, you're pouring from your own cup. And like we can't heal from that, you know, we can't we can't live in that space because then we're running on fumes. And so when we have the overfill, if you think of your cup on like a saucer, like we want to be giving from that saucer, the overfill that's pouring onto there, that's where we give from. And if we're not doing those practices to fill ourselves up, then we have so little to give. I love that so much. So before we end today, I always give my guests the floor, like, is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with our listeners with to inspire change and embrace change for 2024? Just remembering that change doesn't happen overnight. It's not just a quick snap of your fingers. It's a it's a practice. And, you know, those, those little changes that you can make, they add up to the really big change. If you think about a pipe that's, you know, starts leaking water, right? It starts just one drop at a time. But each of those drops, one by one, they add up and they create that that puddle that's there, right? And that's how change happens in our life. It's those little drips, those little drops, because as we do it in that way, it allows us to get really good in those practices and to get really strong in those practices. But if we just try to go right into that big change, that big puddle, you know, a flood happens, but mm-hmm. just that one drop at a time and allow ourselves to make changes in that way. Um 
it allows it to be something that we can really implement and stay consistent with in our lives. So don't go like, oh my gosh, I have to do this big thing. Like take take each month and like, what, what do I want to focus on this month? And allow yourself that space to do because that's how you're going to see that big transformation. And it's going to be something that you can stay consistent with. And, you know, it can transform your world in really, really big ways, but it starts small. So grow from there. Grow from there. I love it. Oh, your essence and your beauty has just been totally soaked up by me and I know our guest today. So thank you so much for coming on the show. If you guys want to connect with Maria, all of her information will be in the show notes. Like I said at the beginning, she also has her own podcast called What the Heal. So maybe a good audio to add for your year ahead. And I'm so excited for all of the different things that we're going to be creating simultaneously and individually. And I'm just so grateful to have you again on the show. Thank you, Maria. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And thank you for sharing your voice and having this show. Um, listeners, really appreciate you taking the time to to tune in. And, you know, a little bit grows a long way. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Maria. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening the whole way through on She Empowers the Podcast. Make sure to subscribe anywhere you are listening to podcasts. And if you happen to have iTunes, would you do me a favor and leave a five-star review of the show so more women can learn about what we are doing over here. You can also copy this link and share it on your social media and tag me at sheempowers.co. That is the way we get these beautiful messages out to more and more souls around the world. Thank you so much for being a part of the She Empowers community. Until next time, go lead with love and joy.